Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. It's just uh, the old faithful here, Ben and uh, myself here to talk you through the action. Uh, you, Some of you may wish to turn off straight away. Those of you that are big fans of Marcel's, he's got better things to do, apparently. Uh, as the season comes towards a close, uh, it was the uh, penultimate weekend of action uh, the women were in RA for a belting couple of uh, races which actually turned out to be a little warmer didn't they than we probably would have anticipated being up in Sweden and the men's double header from Kranskogora did not disappoint uh, Ben highlights of the weekend I think I know exactly where you're going to go but hit me with them I mean just watching racing at Kranskogora is pretty epic um, the, the the GS there is is always brilliant to watch um it's, it just looks so difficult and that so hard, like the whole way solid, down. It? Yeah, the, it's a long, long course. Uh, it's icy as hell. And yeah, I mean, two two lots of basically 110 in World Cup GS. I don't even know how they're standing at the end, let alone, uh, let alone with the energy to keep attacking at the bottom of it. But obviously, basically wrapping up the overall was, was probably the highlight, I'd say. Uh, nice, nice. You've got pl- plenty of highlights there for you, Ben. Um, what was my highlight? Thank you for asking. Uh, my highlight was... Uh... <laughs> you know, I used to ask your own question. Yeah, I <laughs> ask myself, Ed, what was your highlight? Well, thank you, Ed, for my highlight. <laughs> is, um, well, it, it's got to be Charlie Raposo. I'm sorry for non-Brits out there, but Charlie Raposo scoring his first uh, classic GS World Cup points. Choosing my words carefully there. Uh, classic World Cup GS points. First day, brilliant result, 27th. Second day, what a what an absolute crack in second round that guy had into 16th. Um, yeah, there, so that was my, that's got to be my highlight. Um, other than that, I think the women's GS was pretty cool. Unfortunately, the snow conditions weren't great over there. Um, I just love how that GS title is just concertinaed into what is going to be a belting shootout in France next week. Uh, and Christopherson back. There's so much to talk about. So let's just let's let's actually try and hit this with some sort of rhythm, shall we? Um, let's kick off with let's kick off with that women's GS, which was the mid afternoon. I have no idea why Fizz run a mid afternoon race. Uh, I've worked it out. What is it? Tell me. I, I, I sussed it when I was watching this, watching the race back through. The second is basically the period of the second run is basically then sunset. So you get those like ridiculously amazing shots as it goes from kind of like early evening into the last five racing virtually in, in, in under floodlights. Do that on the first run. So like, what is I mean, they, they could, but that no. I was, it was just as I was watching the second run and coming to the, the end of the second run, I was like, Oh, so I pretty. I can think of that. They do it. <laughs> some, some, something to get the good shots for TV. Yeah, um, we always say they're not doing enough to make it enough of a spectacle, and apparently sceneries, sceneries and sunsets aren't, I mean, aren't it, what we're looking it, for. Undoubtedly, the uh, scenery up there is spectacular. But um, yeah, I think also, I don't know, I'd love to see a tiny bit more flexibility. I know they have to work for TV and it's probably a bit more difficult than that. But when you know the conditions are going to be warm, don't hold it like the warmest part of the day. Like at least put it through to the evening where it's going to be a slightly cool, slightly cooler. Um, but yeah, yeah. GS was, was pretty good. Vlahova that with a second run stonker 
took the lead, took the win um, by 1.24 seconds over Marta Bassino. What a difference 12 months makes. Uh, and it was good to see Michaela Schifrin on the podium. She was 1.7 off Tessa Worley. Um, not quite going quite as well as it has done previously for her in fourth, 1.9 off. Uh, and Sarah Hector with, um, I think, potentially a lucky escape. I hope you guys have had a chance to scour social media for, um, if you go on Sarah Hector's, uh, Instagram account I think it's one of the her latest posts is a, a freeze frame of that straddle um, and that knee is in a pretty severe position but thankfully um, it doesn't look like any lasting damage obviously I think she's a bit worse for wear in terms of um, banged up a bit but uh, nothing to indicate that she won't be on skis next week. Yeah we need we need Hector to be in the Good, good enough shape to race at the finals because as we said last week if if Tessa could close the gap in in RA and, and have a, a close finish that would be brilliant but you don't want it to be on the on the back of an injury that's definitely not how you want the, no. the end of season standings being uh, sorted and and Schifrin kind of closing the gap a little bit as well there so it looks like we've got kind of three kind of realistic contenders depending on what what's happening with what's happening with Hector if Hector's out then, then it's really just down to the the, the last two uh, of Wally and Schifrin in that one. Um, so it it's good to have something so close for the right for the end of the season. Yeah, Hector is five points in front of Tessa Wally, uh, and then Schifrin is uh, fifty one points behind Hector. Uh, technically, Petra Blahova could win; she's ninety one points back, but that would mean uh, a, a disastrous race from. Uh, the three in front of her, realistically, for her to take that globe. Um, but yeah, Hector, Worley and Schifrin are in Schifrin's obviously got a bit more harder work. That's going to rely on others to get involved and sort of have a have a part to play. But uh, the fact that Hector, I was really pleased, actually, that that um, not that Tessa didn't do better, but it, I like the fact that with that DNF, Hector's still leading. And it almost feels like that one DNF won't have, you know, it's still in her own hands sort of thing to take the title. At one point it was looking before, at one point, yeah, it was looking like um, Worley might sort of have the lead going into the final one, which kind of would have felt a little bit not unjust because obviously you're there by merit, but you know, do you know what I mean? Just would have felt a little bit. Yeah. yeah I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'd be darkened street <laughs> when, when Tessa wins, uh, when Tessa wins the Globe. But like I said, yeah, you don't want it to be on, on the back of an injury. And, and Hector's had such a brilliant season. She deserves to be there at the end to, to, to fight it out with, with Tessa and, and Schifrin to see who can get that globe because you don't want it to be uh, settled while you're on the sidelines. You want to be involved in, involved in that fight. But it, 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 was a, it was a weird race. Like you said, with the conditions weren't brilliant. Um, I mean, they, they were fine, but the snow just wasn't as hard as you'd expect from, from you know, being in, in, in our race. Um, but those, the hill there is really just kind of gently undulating the whole way. It seems to be, they seem to have enough of those rolls that it just, there's always something happening, even though it's not like the steepest or yeah. gnarliest, you know, it's the, the kind of complete opposite to, to Crunch Agora, but there still seems to be enough there. And, and the core setters do a pretty good job of putting, I think, uh, in, enough near the rolls not just a, a cruise of a GS. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, there was some, I think one of the Austrians had a, had a bit of a, a, a month. I think it's Franzitz Gritch. I think she's been injured most of this season. 
um, or has definitely been coming back from an injury. And she had an absolute blinding second run. She she was one of the few people to to beat uh, to beat Vlahova's second run uh, that she put down. So yeah, really really good to to see you know some Austrians in that in that mix. Um, that Leansberg has been kind of carrying that tech team yeah. on her shoulders for a bit now. Yeah, uh, one one question I did have for you, Ben. What what is your take on Alice Robinson's? Um, I don't know. I was about to use some sort of stupid superlative about not not being anywhere near how her standard from last year. But what do you what do you make of that? Obviously, she's finding it really tough, and I think she's probably the probably the person looking forward to that break more than anybody else. Yeah, we we did discuss it a tiny bit last week between her and. Uh, uh, Bessina, I think we were both saying they both have had brilliant last couple of seasons and then have just fallen away completely. Obviously, Bessina's found that outside ski this weekend and had had a great result. But Robinson, I think we said last week, just looks like she's trying so hard, almost to the point of it messing with the fluidity that she skis yeah. with. Like she's a naturally very aggressive racer. So you can't just say, oh, you know, take it easy. A bit like saying it to Godji, who doesn't know how to. She only knows <laughs> how to go flat out. Um, but she needs to find some way to be a little less tense because she, she just looks almost stiff. Whereas when she's at her best, she, you know, the line and the tactics are aggressive, but she looks like relaxed in her body when she's doing it. And like you said, maybe the summer breaks are the, the best thing that can happen for her now to just go away, just take some time away from yeah. skiing in the mountains. You know, if there's any problems with the equipment, have a chat with the manufacturers and and, and say what isn't right and, and can we fix this? You know, she's... An, an incredibly talented skier, and I don't think this is by any means like the the end of uh, uh, Robinson. It's just been a really tough year, and yeah. I mean, I we've it, talked about it a bit with like COVID and flying over to China and all those kind of things. You know, it's been a really rough couple of years, especially if you're from the other side of the world. You think how far away from home she's been the entire time. Must be really like mentally and emotionally draining, as well as you know your skiing not going great. Yeah, I mean, for her, obviously, with winter, winter, her winter just around the corner means that break could be a little bit harder uh, than uh, than some of the rest of the, of the World Cup field. But yeah, I don't know. I think she just got into that point where, yeah, she's just trying so hard. Uh, for me, there's a lot of arm movement going along there. Pretty much every single turn, that inside hand is sort of wrapping around behind her and just rotating a little bit, which I think is maybe making it even more difficult when you're struggling for form to have like an upper body movement creating more instability when you're already not necessarily the most confident on your skis means it's quite a quite a tricky place to um to try and build from but yeah good break's probably going to do a good she's been doing a lot of super g as well this year and i, I don't know if that is taken away from yeah, the but gs normally, training normally you'd say that you know how often do you talk about second disciplines actually being a, a big benefit I don't know. I was going to we'll go on to that when we talk about the Norwegian men in a bit. Uh, so I was thinking a couple of years ago when they rocked up bashing out GS results, we were like, oh, they're going to have a really good GS team. And now they started knocking out the slalom yeah, results as yeah. well. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's... Who knows? I think a good break. Impact, um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's still... Uh, you know, she's young and, and she's still learning her craft. I think sometimes you... Br- oh, sorry. Drop my pen. Uh, sometimes when you burst onto the scene... Um, that expectation is and with those crazy results that she had you know that expectation from everybody and herself was so high that 
it's just put more pressure on you. A good good um, time away from racing, whether she can get time away from the snow or not, is different. But a good day, a good time away from racing, I think it'll do her good. Um, bit of slalom, lady slalom in action over over in Ari. The snow looked a bit harder and looked like it got a good freeze on overnight. We talked about it, I think, in commentary. Leonsberger back on the top step of the podium. Uh, Mina first Holtman. Uh, in second place, went on a monster charge from 10th to 2nd. Michelle Gissin rounding out the podium, 0.23 off Leonsberger. Vlahova missing out the podium by two hundredths. Uh, and Schifrin down in ninth. Lena Durr still cannot find the top step of the podium, leading really nicely, looked really comfortable, and with a big mistake on that first run, uh, looked to be in control. And then a couple of small errors at the bottom, and she sort of, yeah, um, the time was not her friend and ended up in fifth. Yeah, she looked absolutely distraught in when she saw the time, um, especially only being point three off. You'd think you might still sneak a podium, but dropping all the way to fifth with what was looked like an okay run, but that's the problem with those slightly flatter slopes is if you're not going out, time bleeds away so quickly yeah. and you have to take a lot more kind of risks with your line. And she, she looked like she'd had a, a, a solid run. It just was nowhere near as aggressive as it, as it needed to be to to take it away from Leensberger. Who... Yeah, Leensberger absolutely charged, didn't she? Her second run, she literally threw the kitchen sink at that pretty much. Yeah, and it was it was quite... I don't know if it was quite a lot tighter, the second run, wasn't it? Because yeah, the like, there were loads more turns. Yeah. yeah, it was a good, like, four seconds slower than the first run. It was it was good to see Leensberger kind of fire again because she's been cruising the wrong word, but just lacked a lot of bite in her turns this yeah. year. Um, that we saw when she was uh, at, her, at her best a couple of years back. Um, so it was really charged from her. Surprising that Over didn't, I don't know whether already winning the title, already winning the Olympics, um, has meant that she's kind of not quite as hungry as she could be for the, each individual slalom win. Um, but yeah, it was, I was just expecting to see, a, 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 I guess, an equally bigger charge on the second one from Blahova. Yeah, I think a couple of I think when the snow it just start that bottom section was quite was ended up starting to break up and I think one small error down there was just was the difference because Leensberger, you know, she really didn't put a foot wrong on that second run. I, I, neither did Holtman either, to be fair. But uh, the two of them just put down such clean runs, and then I think just a tiny error. And what's it's so good to see, you know, Schiffer and what was she point three off. And no, they're not Schifrin, sorry, uh, Vlahova 0.25 off and in fourth. Like that's, you know, those sort of fine margins is what is what women's ski racing could be about and can be about and, and is about sometimes. And it just, I love the fact that it's nip and tuck and there's no room for error. You know, one tiny mistake really puts the pressure on, really sorts out who's, uh, who's on fire and who isn't. And the fact that any one of those four five with uh could have easily won that race was uh was credit i think yeah definitely i mean the difference between that and the gs i think you could fit like 11 or 12 of the slalom inside <laughs> the gap between first and second in the in the gs yeah um so yeah it's it's weird when racing throws up weekends like that normally if it's on the, the same hill you'd expect a similar kind of gaps just because people are uh, are used to it but the on the slalom side i was Gutted for Charlie Guest because she just didn't quite get it right on the on the second run. It looked like, and 
I haven't seen the, the final standings, but I think she might have just missed out on finals. I think she needed yeah. a few more points. I think she's she like 26, 26 or something. Yeah. yeah. Which is oh, heartbreaking uh, because, you know, when I you're think at caught that. In, caught in that balance between, you know, knowing that because she was in joint 25th going into that race. And I think caught in that, you know, the balance that, that you always talk about in second runs or, or you know, the people that are not, not going for the medals, but in those sort of people that are looking to pick up points all the time, that sort of uh, how much do you charge? How much do you risk versus the, the risk of a DNF and points? And I think that balance just slightly wrong, a tiny, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit too safe. And that's the difference, but uh, a huge step forward and brilliant that she was that close and, uh, and is definitely going to go from strength to strength. So I think the future's bright, just uh, unfortunately for her, just falls at the final hurdle in terms of going to World Cup finals. But I think if you told her that was going to be, you know, she was in for a shot at this point in the season, should have bitten your hand off. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to her. Good, good season, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. I think there's been a ton of improvement um, in her kind of like overall kind of World Cup racing. Hopefully she can... 30. I don't quite know how the, the seeding will work out for, for the start of next year, but I think she's started like 25th, 26th in, in the slalom this weekend. So hopefully she's there or thereabouts again. So yeah, the worst thing is when yeah. you drop away those from those points. And, and it, it's strange to see how quickly, once you're the other side of 30, it turns into 50 really quickly. Yeah. Um, just, just thinking the likes of where Laurie's been starting recently. He hasn't looked like he's lost a huge amount of form, but somehow he's gone from yeah, starting think, just outside the 30 to, to drop him right back into the 50. I think it shows, it does show the depth, doesn't it? It shows the talent. The minute, you know, that those World Cup's top 30 starters are protected by their World Cup points, but the minute you don't have enough World Cup points to stay in, in the World Cup top 30, you then start to rely on fizz points and you don't often score fizz points at World Cup events. Sorry to get a bit nausea, uh, a bit detail heavy, but yeah, so you don't really tend to score World Cup points, uh, a fizz points at World Cup events due to the fact that the, the margins and stuff tend to be bigger and, and it's just not a conducive environment to scoring fizz point results, which means if you focus the whole season on World Cup events, you don't, make many fizz point results so that sort of again it becomes that conundrum of a hell of a lot of pressure on at the end of the season if you find yourself outside the 30 that all of a sudden you've got to go chasing points and hope that you've uh, you know can go to a good few national champs and maybe the Europa Cup finals or whatever to try and score yourself some fizz points so that you start just outside the 30 it's a it's a it's fascinating if you're if you're that way inclined if, if you're not then it's really boring <laughs> <laughs> I struggled with that as well, and I never, never got any uh, good fist points at World Cup races. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always not doing any World Cup races, um, but yeah, it, like I think she'll be absolutely fine. She's looked, she's her skiing's improved, and she's had a bunch of really good results, and and probably be chomping a bit to get get back in there again next season and, and keep improving. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, good for her. And so on to the men, their doubleheader in Kranska Gora, as we already said, the conditions were epic. That piece was absolutely brutal and bulletproof. Uh, race one, Christofferson in front of his teammate, Braten, uh, who was joint with uh, Marco Odomat. A couple of notable other results in there. Verdu from Andorra, Europa Cup champ. Sticking it in 17th with pretty sweet result for him. Radamus was in 16th. Raposo, that was his first 
set of uh, classic GS World Cup points and what a cracking result that was. Uh, second race, Christofferson did the double, didn't he? Uh, Brensteiner of Austria, 0.23 back in second place. Marco Odomat, uh, another podium for him, but could only manage third. Raposo, 16th with that huge second run. And then Drukarov from Lithuania. So cool to see another nation joining um, the World Cup ski racing point scoring party. Say that fast. Um, but yeah, no, what it was, yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And I think um, quite the turnaround from Christopherson's antics. Where's, in, where's uh, this been? In thingy, wasn't it? Oh, his antics from, um, uh, where was Flacow. it? Flacow. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I loved seeing I loved seeing those old, as much as I used to give him a load of abuse for being, a, you know, chucking his toys out of the pram. I loved seeing that old Christopher. <laughs> Do love when he does it. Losing uh, it. So good. Um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, then he had to this do this. Jeff's game been from him. I don't know. It's no incredible. Like, Did you it's hear not that it? they don't race on other, like, difficult hills the rest of the mm. year. Did you um, hear his little niggly... Did you hear his little niggly comment about um, in one of his interviews? It was quite a short interview that he was obviously a bit pissed off about something, as probably everything. Probably somebody served him a coffee slightly too too cold. Um, but uh, oh, no, he makes was, me so mad. Yeah, make me actually. To be fair, that's really <laughs> annoying. Um, but uh, no, no, he made a comment about them set it the core set trying to set against him like. Because obviously we know that he likes, he had those mo the, that sort of moan last year about how all the GSs were set too straight and it wasn't challenging anymore. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, and I, and I kind of feel like that was a sort of dig at the fact that it wasn't the most swinging of course sets. I thought this, of course, was, was made for some great racing and that's obviously all that really matters. But um, yeah, he made a little dig, diggy comment about that, which I quite like, a little bit of needle, even though he'd won the double. <laughs> it's a bit strange if you think you not anywhere in the standings yet you think people are trying to set you out of the race with the course set but I mean if you're getting that tactical with your course setting you know you think you'd be doing it for the person who's closest to the title but Odomar's already won it so I don't really know who they think they were trying to set out of it I mean if that's what it takes to get him motivated to to win races then then so be it I'll be intrigued to hear a story like that every week if he keeps going on winning uh, all through finals and all next year will be brilliant would be, would be marvelous, wouldn't it? Marvelous, but you know, yeah, I don't know where he's pulled that GS skin because, like you say, it's been absolutely nowhere like that all season long. Um, but uh, you know, I quite enjoyed seeing him back towards the top. Um, Odomat, we thought, and we and and so did the rest of the ski racing media, thought that we might see uh Kilda turn up and actually, you know, and maybe try and fight for the overall considering he'd got nothing to lose, but. No, he's not not interested. Obviously, not really interested in the overall. He's uh, secured his Super G title. He's uh, leading the downhill tour standing. So maybe he just thought, you know what, I'm not interested this, this season. It was never a target. So why change the plan? I don't know. I mean, seems an odd one, but th- I mean, I guess those guys know what they're doing better than us that sit here on the sidelines speculating. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Odd one. Odomac gifted. Not that he was gifted because he was already winning it by a considerable, a decent margin, but um, made slightly the run in slightly easier when we thought it might just test his metal a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I to be lucky enough to be uh, talented and have as many uh, World Cup points as Kilder at this point in the season, <laughs> I would probably want to go to to put that pressure on 
Odomat just to see what he did. Just be, just by being there would put a little bit of pressure on. Yeah, Odomat skied absolutely fine. You know, like you'd say a, a, a joint second and a third by his standards this season is probably letting it slip a bit. But the fact that it was, you know. Yeah, point, two podiums. Point three and point two seven. Like, and it, was, it wasn't like they were a long way off either. They were both no. nearly wins on both of them. So Kilda could have got particularly close to him. But just going and collecting some points, you know, if he'd got like a top 10 on the first day, then it's in Odomat's head on the second day of like, oh, okay, yeah. well, he's picking up points, he's doing this, I've got to, I'm, I've got to go for it. I can't just like, yeah. ski solid. Like, it's, it's, it's a strange one. But like you said, if that was always the plan, change what your plans have been. Then, then fine. Like you said, he's won. He's won the Super G Globe. He can go to World Cup finals, do the Super G and downhill, put his feet up. Um, when the real skiing happens, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The real skiing. I like. I like. I'm. Fa- it's taken you four, four seasons of the of the ski racing podcast, and I don't know how many, and nearly a hundred episodes for you to realise where the real skiing is. Yeah, I like it. Nice one. I mate. said he'll have his feet up when the real skiing happens. Then. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> <laughs> slightly overexcited. You're not, not going to get. You're not going to get me to turn around that quickly. Uh, it's that quickly. Four years. Oh, yeah, four, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I think. He did, he did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, didn't take the top step. And I think you're right. You're exactly right in terms of, um, you know, you'd expect him to win, but being that close, picking up two podiums, the, you know, the rest of the skiers haven't forgotten how to ski. Uh, and so it's it's so cool the new names coming through, but one of the old names that we certainly expected to see a lot more of, and, and maybe it's a good thing that, <laughs> that Marcel isn't here for Pantero, uh, 11th and 12th. I do you know, I just can't. I can't even put my finger on what it is that that's going wrong for the guy. I think his confidence is at an all-time low. I mean, you talk. We talk about Robinson struggling on the women's side with confidence and needing a break. I think Pantero is exactly the same on the other side. Like you thought, you thought after the first run, was it both days of the first runs that he did well, or was it just the first day that he did well the, on the first? The first run? day he was winning, wasn't he? Was um, he leading the first run? Oh no, he's. Yeah, until brought brought until uh, Lucas came down, wasn't he? Anyway, he was up there. You you pull it up while I ramble on. But um, yeah, thought all of a sudden you're like, yes, Marcel was talking about it. He picked him for the double victory here, and he thought, well, maybe Marcel's got it right and knows something we don't. And all of a sudden, it was looks like Pantero was going to be right back up in the fight to take the title, you know, to take the um the win. And then all of a sudden, that second run happened, and you're like, that is the the Pantero that we've seen pretty much all season long um just struggling for confidence not really starting his turns when he normally does skiing quite round and i don't know just l- looks all at sea and another guy that'll be looking forward to getting through Courchevel, which maribel which is going to be a lot harder being alexi pantero with an expectant french crowd and he'll definitely want to finish on a high but you know what i think he actually is looking forward to the season being over until the next sunday evening rather than the, to, to be performing in front of a home french crowd i mean he could still turn around and win at final oh hell yeah absolutely he's, he's like he was Oh, he's, Ben's busy uh, choking. He he, he doesn't um, even believe he, his own hype. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do the Marcel bit and keep a straight face at the same time. <laughs> um, he was winning the first round of the of the first uh, GS. Um, he shows he's still got that speed. But just yeah, it just wasn't there on the on the second run. I, I thought when I saw that result coming through, I was like, oh, maybe he's 
found something. Maybe he's had like a, you know, when they get towards the end of the season, sometimes they're messing around with kit already for next year if they're yeah. already out of the out of the mix, like trying some new boots or new plates yeah. or something. And I thought, yeah. well, maybe something's changed and he's 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 found something that's going to work for him. And then second run and the following day, I mean, you know, it would be amazing to have a really subpar season of coming 12th and 13th or whatever yeah. it was in World Cup GSs. But yeah, he, he set his standard so high in the last four or five years that it must be so frustrating for him not to be able to fix it. Like everyone goes through periods of the season where you're not quite at your best but you then come out of it and, and find some form again, whereas he's just kind of been been grasping for it all year. So it's, it's really strange to see from someone of so much quality. I wonder if there's a little bit of that expectation. You know how Christofferson really struggled last year with that expectation of, you know, well, now Marcel Hirsch has retired. Now it's my turn to, to do the business and push and be, you know, getting my hands on various silverware or crystalware. And, but uh, I, like all of a sudden, maybe that's Pantero now, you know, did, did the, the overall last year and then all of a sudden that sort of weight of expectation and, and all of a sudden I don't know he's not one that's cracked under pressure before um just he's just really struggled hasn't he this this season I don't know you you don't forget how to be that good like that isn't the end yeah so I have a hundred percent sure that he will find that form again but yeah it's just it's really interesting certainly from the outside normally you get a little bit more insight from Marcel but um I was gonna say we'll have to check with Marcel because he'll now know what it's like to crumble under the pressure of great expectation after <laughs> waltzing away with the picks trophy last year <laughs> and then <laughs> crumbling to abject mediocrity this year yeah he's, he's, between the hosts not uh not, yeah, not his, the rest of that, the people playing yeah. who are far better than all of us yeah, he's, he's still doing better than me, though, so don't rub it in too much. Um, but yeah, no, on, on, Just the, on in the, before he starts screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, well, the, on the uh, on the the actual leaderboard side, it's a it's a lovely little tussle between uh, Jamie Aldridge and Pete Davis at the top. Um, so it's all to, all to play for, and I think actually Ambrose Pivak is in there as well. I haven't got the list in front of me now. I am busy collating it as usual taking my time to do it because I don't do counting very good um but it is uh you know it's a belting it's it's uh it's shaping up to be going down to the wire for us as well as uh for the world cup as for so for the real trophy it's going down to the wire as well as the crystal globes um on on that note though with with the trophies that are up for grabs apart from the ski racing podcast prediction league trophy um there's also uh, the men's title is yet to be decided in downhill. Kilda leads Foyts by 23 points and Slalom is still yet to be decided on the men's side. Christofferson now leads Bratton by uh, 48 points. Uh, Strasser is 66 points behind Christofferson. Fella 70 points. So it's sort of, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, People have been barely able to put two runs together all season long on the World Cup tour, so it could it could be anyone's. But Christofferson's got certainly got one hand on that trophy as well. On the women's side, the overall still up for grabs. Schifrin leads Vlahova by fifty six points. That's a a two way fight for that one. The GS title we've already discussed. Hector leads Wally by five points. Schifrin fifty one points back from Hector. And the women's downhill that's sort that's pretty much. Uh, over bar the shouting with the uh, Goggia leading Suter by 70, I can't even read my own writing, 73 or 75 points, over 70 points. Um, so it is, uh, that's pretty much done. Although 
as we well know, Godier is uh, do or die, win or bust, uh, and uh, Suter needs to win, and uh, Godier needs to bust for uh, for that one to, to to change hands. I tell you what, just looking when you were reading out how tight the men's slalom was, turnaround from Christofferson is is something else. His first four results of the season were, uh, I think, twelfth or eleventh. BNF, 12th BNF, and then was, you know, third, fourth, fourth, first, first. He didn't have a great run out of Blackow, he was, he was 16th. But that, if you'd, if you'd said he wouldn't have had a top 10 in the first four races, and would still be leading going into the final race. Yeah. You'd be like, God, oh, what's everyone else been playing at? Apparently yeah, taking turns winning. It's what everyone else has been playing at. And that Vengen one where he, what did he straddle like the fifth last gate or something in that hairpin as he came out the bottom of Vengen? So... Yeah, it would have been that would have been all over then, and that could have been a very different. But you know, those slalom guys, they couldn't, they couldn't even buy a finish. Noel Foss, Solovag, uh, N- and Feller, Schwartz has obviously not really been anywhere this season. But you know, those it's been it's been an absolute cracker, absolute cracker. Um, on that note, Ben, shall we try and pick some winners for the World Cup finals? So we've got uh, the racing starts on Wednesday, yes, yes. which is the 16th. Uh, so they're doing training runs uh, and then, yeah, doing tra- they did training runs today, which is Monday, and then they do it tomorrow as well. And then, yeah, first race is the downhill race on the 16th, men and women competing on the same day for the downhill. Um, we'll just run through it in, uh, in time order, Ben. I think as uh, this is the final race of the season, Final set of picks for the season. You can just uh, pick who, pick who you like. Who uh, who do you want to go for in the men's and women's downhills, please? Men's downhill. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Foyts. Let's go for the big man. See if he can see if he can bring it home. Uh, I'm going to go Kilda for that one. I think Kilda's going to get this done. I think he's rested up, fresh, ready to go. The guys are eyes on the prize. He's got some serious focus going on. Is, is Foyt's going for is it, is it five downhill titles in a row or something? Yeah, mega. Blooming mega it's stat, this, isn't it? It's insane. Uh, I, I mean, I hope he gets it just for that because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's incredible. Um, but also just because Kilda didn't show up for the GSs has annoyed me, so I want him to not win there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Teach him. You teach him a lesson, Ben. You teach with my pettiness, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about on the women's side? I just don't know what to do with Godier anymore. Um, I want to just say, yeah, she'll win, but I just I can never tell. Um, do we know if Goop Brahm is the right? She was in the something in the she last was race. in the training runs, so she's done the first training run. Okay, I'll say I'll say uh, uh, Goop Brahmi then. See what happens. Yeah, um, who do I think is going to win the downhill? Do you know what? I kind of think I was going to say Gooparami as well. Mm, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Gooparami. Sure. Yeah, quickest in the first training was actually um, Mira Dolly looking to back up her first ever Super G win with a first World Cup downhill win as well. Um, Okay, That'd super be quite impressive. It'd be bloody impressive, wouldn't it? Super G. Um, I would say Matthias Meyer for the Super G. 
last race of the season, Matthias Meyer. Um, Super G. Yeah, World Cup finals. Yeah. I think Kilda's going to do it again. I'm going to go double Kilda. I think he's going to. I think he's going to smash it. I think he's got he's gonna smash it mate i think he's got that one okay so that is wednesday and thursday then there is a team parallel which don't bother it's not on the it's not on the website for the predictions league so do not bother entering you can you can send us a story on instagram or something of who you think is going to win because <laughs> it's not on the predictions. no points uh being dished out for that and do you want to just give me a country are you I mean, I'll just throw out Italy. All right, Italy. Um, I'm going to go Austria, just because. Um, okay, and then it's Super G for the men and women on the 17th, which is Thursday. No, we've done that, sorry. Didn't we just pick that? Oh, we yeah, picked we the men's, did. we didn't pick the yeah, women's yeah. Oh, we didn't pick women's yet. Okay. Well, the, the standards are just a list of Italians. Um, so that's, that's going to be the obvious one of, of Brignoni. For I think the, I'll uh, go with her as well. I can't see anyone getting... Yeah. yeah. I can't see anyone doing that. Well, apart from Mirad- maybe Miradoli with that sort of form, maybe the Frenchies are going to bring it. Maybe maybe it's a Tessa Wally. Maybe you're missing opportunity for a Tessa Wally double, Ben. You'll never forgive yourself. Um, okay, so then there's the team parallel on the 18th. And then- I mean, I'll be, I'll be happy no matter what. <laughs> Uh, and then for the Met Saturday is men's slalom, men's, oh, I mean, it is late, but come on, I'll get my words out. Most of the time I get paid to talk. Um, the Saturday, it's men's giant slalom and women's slalom. So men's giant slalom, please. I, I probably nearly blurted out Christopherson then to see if they could do three in a row, but I don't, don't know if he's got it in him. Um yeah, go on. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Crazy. Christopher's in a gear. I'm going to go Brighton. I think. Uh, I think he's going to do it right at the end of the season. Uh, women's slalom. It's got to be Vlahova, hasn't it? I'm, I'm going to stick with Vlahova. You sure, it's not going to be like a finally Lena Dura. Oh yeah, maybe. Is that what you're going for? I'm just trying to get you to pick someone that you weren't originally intending to. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go shift for and um, finish finish this season with a bang. Okay, uh, and then women's GS and men's slalom on the Sunday last set of races. I mean, we know who I'm picking for the women's GS. Okay. There is only one Tessa. There's uh, a... who are you going with? Um, uh, oh yeah, the thing is, it's on French snow. Yeah, you're, well, you're moaning at me for not asking you questions earlier. Now I'm asking yeah. you questions. You know, Stop asking me questions. I'm the, I'm the question master. <laughs> um, do you know what? I think Schifrin's going to do it in the GS. Ooh, I think Schifrin's going to get that one done. Uh, men's slalom, Benny boy. Oh, this is, gonna, this is the hardest one of all of them to pick, isn't it? Yeah. Um, finish um you've got to say noel surely for the last race of the season in on french snow he loves it normally yeah i know he's coming into good form um oh do i i don't know if i want to be boring and say noel as well um you want to say so you can get to watch him go mad um, no i do you know i do you know what 
I'm going to go Dave. Hey, Dave. I'm going to go Dave. Yeah. It's the last, it's the last World Cup of the season. And Mary Bell Courchevel is about as British as it gets. It's as close to a home race as we're ever going to get. So uh, Dave to do it on sort of home snow. I like it. I think we um, should have been able to pick him last week, but uh, fortunately lucky, we couldn't. And he let us down. Yes. Um, <laughs> walked away with any points. He was on fire. I mean, I still walked away. I, I still walked away with no points, so it didn't really matter who I picked. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it was that. That uh, we didn't we didn't really talk about Black Albert that that uh, was was cracking from Dave, and he looked like he was on one on the second round as well. Obviously, yeah. you know, struggles happen, and everyone's skiing out left, right, and centre this year, but. Hopefully, you can finish the season on on a, on a high note. Um, and I don't know what they give you if you win the World Cup finals. Do you get something um, better than a cowbell? More, more money. Lo- lots of money. Oh, yeah, cool. Give back your cowbell and take the money, Jay. Do that. I don't know what the uh, French what they're going to dish out. I was going to. I was about to just list through a load of horrendous stereotypes, which I'll probably steer clear of as this is being recorded. Yeah, John, they would give you. A massive bottle of Genepay is what you get from there. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I think it's going to, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the to this uh, last set of races, but it sort of feels like it's happened really quickly. It's been over, it's all of a sudden it's over. Does this every year? You wait all summer and then October's miles away. Yeah, then you have then, that first race. Then it seems like an eternity until the second one. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's March. And you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah, and uh, I've, barely, I've, I've done one day skiing this whole winter. Way more than I got in, um, but we'll have to remedy that next season. Yeah, we definitely, yeah. Need, we definitely need. We need to get, we need to get ourselves some sponsors for this, so that we can actually go on, take it on the road, which I think would be quite fun. I mean, you and Marcel are the guys with all the contacts in the ski industry. I'm just a guy sitting there watching on telly, shouting at the telly. <laughs> maybe Lex, maybe Lex Lurs can sponsor us. Might get Marcel to. Pull his weight in a bit. Chuck his weight around. Pull his weight, chuck his weight around. Either do something. Just do something. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> do something with do it. Something. Yeah. Do something. Do something. Get us to hang out with Strolts. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, banging. Banging. Right. Well, on the penultimate pod, that's all we've got time for. Till next time. Bye for now.